I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. This is Michael Kirst. You're listening to Rebel Radio with Gorilla One. Fuck you, Josh. What's up? This is Rebel Radio. What up? What up? This is DJ Newmark. This is Peanut Butter Wolf. It's your boy. It's okay. Keep checking out Rebel Radio. Rebel Radio. This is Rebel Radio. We're in the place right here. Uh, Rebel Radio is going down. What do you say? Rebel Radio? Oh, wait. Let's do it again. Rebel Radio. What's up, Rebels? Welcome back to Rebel Radio, the weekly show where I bring you the Rebels who are shaping our culture. I'm your host, Josh Levine. This week, we are back with Eddie Donaldson co-hosting. Eddie's the founder of Gorilla One. My link to uh, everything street art, graffiti, and now uh, fine art, as we're going to talk to one of Eddie's clients today, Michael Kirst, who's an up-and-coming artist that is up-and-coming fast. He and Eddie teamed up recently, and uh, they're doing tons of shows together and commissions and really cool chairs, and and we're going to dig into Michael's journey uh, as an artist and how he's brought humility and creativity and work ethic and all of that to this journey. Uh, it's good stuff. Let's get into it right now with Michael Kirst. How'd you guys meet? So I was introduced to Eddie by Beth Bowen, an artist friend of mine. Love Beth. And the I, truth is I went to Chippendale's show. And he was the feature. <laughs> I was the lead. <laughs> lead yeah, dancer. Lead dancer. Nice. Do um, they still have Chippendale's? I'm not really sure. I don't really know. That'd be a good question for, for, for Michael. <laughs> uh, they, you know, I know they have Thunder Down Under, but that's yeah, all Vegas, no doubt, no Vegas doubt. bound stuff. Yeah, Beth introduced us. Uh, he came to the uh, P- uh, Heaven on PCH. Oh, okay. Yeah. And he was just installing, helping Beth. Nice. And I was like, yo, you got some work, bring it out. And he brought some paintings out, right? Mm-hmm. But I mean, honestly, if it wasn't for Michael, Heaven on PCH wouldn't have been, we wouldn't even have had it because he did more work than anybody there. Wow. Um, and I was very grateful. So we hit it off on that note first. And then I was like, yo, you're kind of a dope artist. Let's talk about some work, you know. And now here we are. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, I think I want to talk more about it. But, you know, as you as you 
find people you connect with in your career, right? Like it's about the art, but then it's, it's also about the people. Yeah, for sure. I, it's one of the things I like most is meeting new people at shows or sure. you never, one, you never know who you're going to meet and in what way they will relate to your life and circle of friends in the art world. And, mm-hmm. and beyond that, really, I mean, I mean, I work with Eddie now, but we're pretty good friends now. Yeah. I mean, if anything, I, I look at it like you make new friendships and meet new people and then it, it, it's sort of a little bit of a life enrichment, you know, in a way, because Absolutely. I keep my, I keep my friend circle pretty tight, you know, I mean, I have people that I consider close friends, mm-hmm. but I don't just let anyone in. Right. And so it's, it's nice to meet good people like Eddie and then um, just various people. I just met some really nice people at the last show that we did together in Hermosa beach. Um, love South Bay style. So it's just, I enjoy meeting new people like that, you know, yeah. in that scene. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think, you know, having, having gone without live events and being, being together in rooms for a couple of years, we can sort of appreciate, yeah. you know, the value that that adds. And obviously, you know, we're all doing business online. Everything's, you know, you can sell stuff around the world or whatever. And there's advantages to that. But there's also, I think, no replacement up, for yeah. being in the room. Yeah. With up, close, per, up close and personal. Yeah. Yeah. And those conversations that never would have happened if you hadn't bumped into someone at the bar. Yeah. Proximity. Standing yeah. at the same picture or whatever. I like that FaceTime. Sure. People time, you know. It's... Absolutely. So how'd you get started? What's, do you remember... Uh, starting out your, your first painting kind of thing? Yeah, well, so I always joke around and say I was, well, my mom coined it, I guess, that I was born with a pencil in my hand. So I, I remember drawing ever since my first memory. Okay. Um, and just doodling and whatever. But the weird thing about it is I would stand, I would stand and draw. I wouldn't sit at a table. Mm. I remember living in this house in Glendale when I was a kid. Um, and there was this long, in the dining room, there was a long kind of just a wooden shelf cabinet thing. And that's where I would stand and do my art. And, I would, okay. and my mom worked uh, for a paper company. So I had no shortage of paper, no shortage of pencils. And I would stand there all day and just draw, draw, draw. I mean, I, you know, I was a pretty normal kid. I went out, rode my bike, did sure. all that kind of stuff too, roller skated and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, grew up with one sister for many years until my mom got remarried and I had uh, two half sisters, but mm. um, pretty much been drawing and illustrating my whole life. Nice. Spent a lot of time in high school where I took art classes and then started illustrating a lot more. Mm-hmm. Started working, started drawing some weird stuff too, but really what, started exploring what's, what's weird art. Stuff? Well, <laughs> um, I would hang out with this other artist, um, goes by the name of Plastic God and we, uh, we went to high school together and we would, I would, after school, we would go to his house and sit for hours on end. And back then we were really into markers and pastels and, mm-hmm. and pen and ink stuff, a lot of illustration. And we would create, like we would take a National Geographic that had the Sistine Chapel pull out in it. Mm-hmm. And we would recreate parts of it, but larger. And then I would turn the people into glass instead oh, wow. of like normal people and, or chrome. Sure. Um, and I was kind of doing a little bit of street art at the time as well. And, street art or graffiti? Uh, kind of both. What did you write? 
uh, well, I went by the I went by the handle Sound, so I was Sound One, and I was in this group KNL. Okay. And I could never figure out what the hell it meant, though. It was it was supposed to be Kings and Lords. Okay. But then it was Knowing No Limits, and then uh, Kids Never Learn. So it had it went by all these. Yeah, different I think monikers, that's pretty you know. common. In, in just spent a lot of time doing yeah art, and then never really painted though, okay. like paint on canvas. You know, dabbled a little here and there, but never really liked it. And I was a little intimidated by it, to be honest. And uh, by the time I was, um, I was married early. I had my first child at 18, mm. um, and married. That marriage lasted about seven years. Had three kids from that marriage. By the time I was remarried, I had kind of picked up art again because I let it go for a long time, just mm -hmm. being thrust into the working world, trying to raise a family. Sure. No money. Um, well, what did you do for work at that time? Uh, I've done just about everything from driving forklifts. I worked in a wood mill. I, w I ran a printing press for seven years. Oh, wow. Um, you name it, I did it. And then I started getting into more of like sales. I did outside sales for okay. a company and started getting into the sales, uh, putting on a suit and tie every day for work, you know, because I thought that was the answer to, sure. you know, all my problems. And yeah. Of course, it wasn't, um, nor was it what I was meant to be doing. Mm -hmm. But I think there's a time and a place. I think when you, when you finally figure out what you're supposed to be doing, right, and it happens at different times for everybody, because um, my mom would always tell me, I'd have conversations with her, and she was like, why aren't you doing art? You need to be doing art. That's what you're supposed to be doing. Mm -hmm. And for years, I, I rallied against it, and I was like, no, 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 I got to make money. I got to I got to do this. I got to have my sure. own business. I got to do whatever. Support a family, all that. Yeah. And just out of necessity, a lot of that was from. And then I so, got... Wait, quick sidebar. Yeah. What do you think, you know, that time away doing all this shit that wasn't for you, what was, if you look back now, what was the value in that? What did what'd you learn or take from, oh. from those experiences? I mean, there's, there's tremendous value to be gained from all the different experiences <laughs> I've had. Just one, it made me a much more outgoing person uh, as a people person. Mm -hmm. um, and I wouldn't say I was necessarily an introvert, but I think once I went from working in warehouses and to going to sales and then being in front of people all the time and yeah. kind of honing that particular skill set, um, and then also working in marketing. I, I was a marketing coordinator at BCBG Clothing for a while and oh, wow. dealing with clients and, and just different people. It kind of opened me up and, and taught me how to, I, I think, deal with people a little bit more comfortably. Nice. Um, so I think there's value. There's a value in everything that you do along the way, mm -hmm. um, even if it's not technically what you're supposed to be doing, I guess, you sure. know, whatever that means. But, um, yeah, I think there's inherent value in, in every aspect of your life, you know, and all the experiences that you, that you have. Yeah. Some of which I, I don't fully know what they were, but I know that probably I learned something mm -hmm. from it. So. so then how'd you sell your first piece? Tell me about how, how that happened. So um, earlier this year, January, picked up a paintbrush, got some paints, got some canvas. And I'm like, I'm just going to, I'm going all in on this thing. And uh, started painting. And right away, people kind of took to it and they were like, wow. You know, and even to this day, I'll run into friends that I've known for a long time and they'll be like, I didn't know you did that. Like, you know, it's really good and all this yeah. kind of stuff. So uh, and the very first piece that sold was actually a piece I donated to um, 
Um, they were having a benefit dinner, like a fundraising dinner up in Bel Air uh, for a Ukrainian benefit. And I did a piece, I did a face, it was an abstract, donated that piece to the show, and it actually sold that night. Cool. So that was the real, you know, kind of the, sort of the launch, I guess, into where I am today and, and yeah. selling paintings and doing that. Now he's selling like hotcakes. Yeah. Yeah. I've been fortunate. I mean, people, you know, yeah, I think doing it's... Doing really well. Yeah. How's that? How's that happening? How's the word getting out or how's... A lot of it is, is word of mouth, meeting people. We go to shows, we, you know, and... I put him in two shows so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, Heaven on PCH and Love, uh, South Bay Style. We released a print on Sugar Press. Mm-hmm. Okay. But he also has a really tight, you know, he lives in a small community. Um, and I think there's a lot of heat coming, you know, because he didn't do it. You know, it's sure. one of those things like, wow, I didn't know you did that. And he's such a nice guy that I think a lot of his, a lot of people, you know, take to him first. And, mm-hmm. and then the art's great, too. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's like some people we know, their art's great, but they're, you know, you don't want to be around them. So I think he's got a great combo. Yeah. I appreciate that. I think it does, you know, some of the pieces I've sold just to close friends who had no idea. Right. And I said, oh, well, you want to come look at what I do? And that's how I sold one right on the spot. One of my friends said, put a red dot on that. That's mine. Oh, that's cool. I'll take it, you know, just how much is it? And so it's been a lot of that kind of stuff. And then kind of the word of mouth in the small community, like Eddie said, it's now people are... I just got hired to do, um, just recently, to do a mural in one of my friend's daughter's bedroom and stuff. So it's, they're kind of catching on now, and then they're spreading the word, and social media has been steadily growing and, and getting a little recognition there, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, He's coming to Louisville, so we're good. Oh, cool. We're going, we're going, we're going yeah, nice. global. Nice. Yeah. Um, you know, you said something just, you know, I know some of the artists that, you've worked with in the past or folks we both know that are maybe a little harder to... A little more difficult. A little more difficult. Yeah. Um, and I think that, you know, there, there's a little bit of mystique to that. Art, you know, some, some artists or people feel like being... Uh, not that they're playing a role, but feeling like they don't necessarily need to be easy to work with and maybe that's part of their persona or what makes them, you know, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, somebody said it to me said it best, you know. Kurt Cobain wouldn't have been Kurt Cobain if he wasn't Kurt Cobain. Sure. You know, so you're absolutely right. It's like there's these people, there's these, 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 these artists, these creators that have, they create from a certain place and that transcends into all the, how they do business and it's where they pull their energy from. And that, yeah. that energy transfers to your work and then transfers sure. to your home. And so when you look at it, there's a little bit of, that that woe factor because that's that you you actually have that piece on in your house. I don't think you get that with Michael. I think you get a sense of peace when you with his work. Sure. I think it comes off with his personality and the way that he applies his energy to the canvas. Yeah, I think that's interesting, and it's kind of like each person has their own lane, right? And you might not be Kurt Cobain, but you might be Dave Grohl. Yeah, that's right. Who's mm-hmm. a who's a professional and shows up on time and is he's not the dark brooding mysterious yeah uh so i I think it's to me it's like each each person's got to find their way and and just i mean for me for me what i like i mean i know this is about michael today but what i like is i like working with artists who you see who they are in their work okay 
like Dave Navarro, for instance. You know, he's just this really kind soul, and he, he makes art. You know, for and, and tries to raise awareness of mental health. Sure. He's a good guy, you know, peaceful dude, easygoing, and you feel that when you look at his work. Like when we dropped off a painting to one of his buyers' house. You know, it just, it looked like it belonged there based on her aesthetic and mm -hmm. his. It was like the merging of these two people's energy perfectly on this wall in her house. And she didn't pick, she didn't commission the painting. It was right. a painting that he had already done. Mm -hmm. Sure. So it was almost like he made it for her before he knew her. And then these, and the, the energy's just kind of like connected perfectly in this girl's house. Like she knew right where she wanted it. Sure. And it was like he did it for yeah. the space. So, so run with that for a minute. What, what do we learn about you from looking at your, your art? Uh, well, I think one of the things, one of the aspects of my art is that it's, when I, when I start a painting, I have an idea in my head about what I want to do. And it just, it starts flowing. And then I don't know, I have, I have the initial idea, mm -hmm. but where the painting goes along the way is, is always different and it always winds up different. And um, I think, one, I love, I love portraiture. I love, um, I'm, just, I'm looking this way because I'm looking at one of my paintings now and trying to figure that out. But mm -hmm. I think one of the things is you really capture a lot with eyes. I mean, it's what we do. We look yeah. at each other and we look at each other in the eye. And sure, because you pick, up, you pick up a lot of emotion and... And it doesn't have to be crazy facial expressions all the time, but mm -hmm. you, you pick up sort of a sense of, of emotion in the painting. And I think there's a small bit of the culmination of my whole life and the experiences I've had that come through in each one of my pieces because um, when someone sees that, it's like to them, what, is it, what does it say to them? It is a piece of me that mm -hmm. I'm putting out there but I like hearing from people. Sometimes I'll sit back at a show and listen to people talking about one of my paintings. And it's interesting to see what they see in it. And then I know how I felt when I painted it. Sure. But I think it's just, I think it's just, you know, and it doesn't have to be overly complicated with me sometimes. Sometimes it's just, I see a cool picture or a photo and I'm like, oh, I can, I can sense like what I want to do with it. Like oh, I want to add headphones or goggles and mm -hmm. put stripes on the face and whatever and change it up and make it my own sort of um, uh, signature in a way, you know? Yeah. I think I have kind of a certain style that I do with each one of my paintings. And, but it's primarily the, the essence of like that, the, what you're getting through the eyes and the face and... and, what, and what I think I heard there is that Michael's emotional. I am an emotional person. <laughs> I mean, no, I really. It's I mean, out it's not. Listen, that's I think okay. We see that yeah. in, your, in the in the painting. Yeah, yeah. that's okay. Yeah. But I mean, I, I heard you know emotion and energy. Yeah, sure. You yeah. know, and I think, you know, he he's, he has a contagious, infectious kind of kind of nature, and I think you get that from the painting as well. Like you know, when I look at that, like I'm not just looking at her spiky hair and her goggles. I'm looking in her eyes, and I'm like wondering what she's thinking. Forget mm -hmm. about what I'm thinking. What is she thinking? Mm -hmm. Yeah. She's looking at you. <laughs> so in that process, do you ever get lost? <clears throat> lost? Well, I mean, there are times, there are times when I'll get lost several times in a, in a painting, in a particular okay. painting. And then, but I always find my way in back. A, what, do you, what do you do? It's, 
For me, it's, it's I think, um, it's kind of strange. Like, I'll get derailed sometimes, and it could be an outside influence. It could be mm -hmm. um, whatever. Or I'll just be painting. Like, for example, last night I was in the studio till like 1030 working on this new piece and there was a piece of it that I was working on and all of a sudden I stood back and I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't like that at all. Sure. And then I was sitting there like, what the hell am I going to do now with that? You know? And, and then it starts like, you get like the self doubt kind of creeping in. Like first it starts with that one little piece of the painting mm. and then it starts to go to the whole thing and you're like, what the hell is this? What am I doing? And then it starts to go to, <laughs> Depends on the music I'm listening to as well. But um, then it starts to go like, what am I doing with all my paintings? What the hell am I doing with all this stuff? You know, what does it all mean? Is it, is, yeah. it, is it crap? Is it, what am I doing? And then I go, wait a minute. There's something that someone told me. Beth Bowen actually told me this a long time ago when I first started. She said, trust the process. Mm -hmm. And so now every single time that I run into a little snag or like a speed bump and when I during work and I get lost on something. Mm -hmm. I always just come back to that. And you know what? It's totally grounding for me. Yeah. And I go, you know what? It's no big deal. I work in layers anyway. I layer my paintings are pretty layered up and mm -hmm. I can change. That's the beauty about painting is you can change it. Um, and so it kind of brings me back. But I think it's key that for me, I always replay that in my head is is trust the process mm. and not only for the painting itself but just our relationship the way i'm you know my lifestyle everything sure i've kind of applied that to a lot of things now Absolutely. and it works out it usually works out pretty well like a positive i mean i think that's a big lesson i think in anything you do is certainly a creative endeavor the middle is always kind of messy yeah. right? because the pieces it's meant to be because the pieces aren't put together yet right and so if you if you look too short-sighted there's no way out and you, and you kind of have to get that you have to broaden out the lens and see that you're in the middle yeah you're in step five of ten right and and it's not supposed to feel good or look good until you get to ten yeah trust you're not the gonna journey. get there if you stop now right trust yeah. the journey yeah yeah you're not at the end of the book yet you know you're, sure you're still writing. So it. do you keep going uh, like or, or are there paintings that you just, you know, you just throw them out and start over like we're there's, not going to get there with that one. There's been a couple pieces that I just sure whitewash them. Yeah. Just um, them over. But what's that? You gesso them over. Yeah. Yep, I just put gesso and start over completely. Yeah. Some of it is old, a, a lot of that is also older um, abstract art that mm -hmm. I look at now and I'm thinking Eesh, you know, what the <laughs> hell was I thinking with that? Yeah. And then, um, you know, it's a good canvas. Canvas sure. ain't cheap. So. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> so I just, I just, I just, uh, gesso the whole thing and, sure. and, and start over. And then other, other times, um, I've had pieces too, where I just go right over another piece. Uh -huh. Um, I had an interest, I had a piece, a big piece that got rejected actually from a client, I was doing a big abstract piece. It was bright and, and real angular and edgy. And, and then I was like, I love it as a background. Why not just put, interject one of my pieces on it and put a portrait on it? And that's mm -hmm. what I did. And mm -hmm. It turned out to be, in my opinion, pretty kick-ass. Which but, one was that? Um, the Rebel. Yeah. The, 
the one with the big James Dean. Smoking. Oh yeah, I saw that on on, the, on your site. Thank you. Yeah. yeah so that's cool. so that's a piece that like that background, and I added to it, you know, but. I was like, that would look pretty cool. It would look cool going right through the portrait too. So uh -huh. I just kind of kept that one more outlined and nice. Yeah, sometimes it just works out that way. So, so you mentioned how music might affect. So, what do you listen to when you're painting, and, and how does how do you see Ooh. the how do you see that influence showing up? So, music is is massive with me. So yeah. I listen to music. I listen to music all the time anyway, but especially when I'm in a studio painting. And the types of music I listen to varies pretty wildly, as Eddie can attest to. <laughs> <laughs> but I do. What's uh, some, like what's some? I mean, I go. Go to. I'll or? go from go tos for me. Um, I like heavy, moody music when I'm painting. Okay. I'm just. I like Nine Inch Nails. I like Pink Floyd. Okay. I like um, Third Eye Blind. I can go into Coldplay, or I can go into some trippy EDM type stuff like dark mm -hmm. EDM um, and that's just for me the creative juices are flowing and I'm in the zone and I really like that kind of stuff on the mm -hmm. flip side I put on um, Tom Petty if I'm feeling like lighthearted and I just okay. want some lighthearted music to work to that's just got a good you know beat to it good jam and I'm, I'm just flowing yeah, I'll put on that or even like Steely Dan. I'll go back. I'll put on like Boz Skaggs. I'll, you know, just go back to that kind of stuff. So mm -hmm. I really like that kind of stuff, too. Sticks is big. Um, you listen to hip hop ever when you paint? I, I rarely ever listen to hip hop. Yeah, when I'm painting. All right. Well, this their interview's over. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? So can I can I challenge you? Yeah. You ready to accept the I challenge? Like be, I like being challenged. Why don't you try hip-hop once? Why don't you let me give you a little playlist and why don't you just see what comes out? All right. I'm good with playlists. Not that it'll be better or worse. Who knows? But yeah. I'm just saying, why don't I throw you a little, a little, a little jam? Because everything you mentioned exists in hip-hop, too. You know, there's like the Guru Jazmatez shit. Yeah. I get you that Boss Gags feel. You know, there's, 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 I'd, be, sure. I'd be curious to see what you come, out, come up yeah, with. Yeah, for sure. We'll get back to you on that one, Joshua. So do you think you can see those influences in the in the work when it shows up? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because it 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 comes across in the mood in the mood in the painting and also some of the colors. Sure. Um and just where I think it has an influence and and you can see it a little bit in the painting. Whether someone else equates you know, Pink Floyd to my painting or sure. whatever is is yeah. totally I, I have a question. So do you think it helps the strokes or the angles and the edges? You know, like if you're at nine inch nails, are you cutting sharper oh. than you are when it's Tom Petty? I have, more? I, you know, I don't necessarily paint angry, <laughs> but I have, I have gotten more aggressive with a painting. Okay. With putting on, I really like one of my, one of my little style signatures is I use a lot of, I do a lot of, I do the, the general idea, the brush strokes, and then I come back with a lot of palette knife work. Mm -hmm. And I've been, I've definitely been in places with nine inch nails or like corn or something where I'm, I'm putting it on a little Cutting bit more. The, slicing through the canvas. Edgy, yeah, yeah, yeah. Trying not to cut the canvas, right. but, huh. uh, you know. Sure. Um, but yeah, it definitely affects a little bit of the way I paint too, in yeah. a way, which I think is good. I think it's, that's just part of my creative process. And yeah. So, but I like I like the idea of a new playlist. Yeah, do it. Just do it with one hip hop painting. Yeah, because I've 
I've been given playlists by my son, uh-huh. who himself is a DJ, and he's like, oh, hey, nice. I put together this, for him, he's an EDM guy, and he uh-huh. put together this dark EDM playlist, and I played that over and over, you know, on several paintings. And sure. So I kind of like that kind of stuff. Because it opens up new, it opens me up to new possibilities, new music and stuff that I haven't heard. Do you think you, there's a, you know, back to the emotional, Michael, do you think that your son made the playlists gives you a certain spark? Yeah, I think in a way it does. Sure. You know, because I love things that are tied in personally like that. Yeah. You know, family, close friends, that kind of stuff. Um, I'm sure that's definitely an element of it. Good. For sure. Um, you had a quote, something I read online that said, allow yourself to find creativity in all that you do each and every day. Sounds awesome. Um, <laughs> t- how do you, how, teach us how to do that. Yeah, you, I know. It's like, sounds pretty prophetic, huh? But yeah, like when is that, um, uh, when is that difficult? And, and, you know, when are the times that stand diff- out that, 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 uh, you have to sort of find the creativity. So it's difficult when I'm angry for starters, or frustrated, just sure. in a situation. Yeah. Um, not necessarily with art or anything, just in yeah. life in general. Sure. And we all go through you that, tight, right? I mean, yeah. I'm married with kids and friends, all that stuff. So you go through those moments. It's difficult for me to find creativity in those moments. But um, I try to, I try to, one, I'm, I'm a very visual person, obviously, as an artist. And so for me, I try to find creativity throughout my day when I'm looking at things, architecturally, people. Mm-hmm. I love people watching. Um, it just, it gives me ideas for paintings. They just yeah. jump into my head. It could be a piece of a painting, um, something that I add into a face or just uh, an abstract or something. So I think, there's, I think there's opportunity to find creativity all the time. Definitely. It's just people... I think most people go through their day with blinders on. They're so focused yeah. on the task, you know. Yeah. Um, and so it's hard sometimes for them to get out of their own way and see see the beauty that's all around them um, or the ugliness, the tragedy, mm-hmm. or the mm-hmm. triumphs. Because um, that stuff surrounds us every single day. It might be minor. It might not be like a plane crashing or something, but it might just be, might be we see someone and they just happen to smile at us or something. And so... You know, most people, they don't, they don't think too much on that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I try to, I take it all in and, and, you know, not all the time, full time, but it's, I try to derive some sort of creativity from that and apply sure. it to my work. Yeah. That's good. I find myself like, you know, like I said, you get stuck in the thing and now, you know, you work from home and you're just like in the room like all the time, right? And sometimes it's great. And then sometimes mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, I need to go. I need, you know, I'll go down the marina, walk around the boats, clear my head, yeah. or or let me get out of here and go sit at a cafe and just watch, like I said, watch people, just kind of shake it up a little bit. Yeah. And sometimes I shake something loose. Yeah, it's important. I think you can get trapped in a situation, like you say, working from home. Yeah. Everybody started working from home, right? And then all you start to feel trapped a little bit if you've been. Yeah. Stuck all in there all solitude and yeah even doing the artwork i'll be you know i right. was on, before i was in my current studio i was working from home i kind of took over the whole living room the whole dining room i took over all these rooms mm-hmm. for my art but 
and there's lots of light coming in and but even even then God, after like four hours straight, you know, doing this on the canvas, it's like, I need to get out for a little bit. I need to, yeah. um, you know, kind of recharge and refresh. So, yeah, yeah, for sure. Eddie, you have a, you have a go-to when you need like a fresh environment or perspective or something? I meditate. Okay. I mean, I have, you know, I'm not, I don't meditate nearly as much as I should. So I'm not going to sit here and say that I'm the, the meditation guru. But Pretend like you are. But I, I can, you know, I can trans, I can change my, my situation just through meditating. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's challenging of the business that I'm in. And, and Josh, you know this because we work together. It's like we're always around people. We're always problem solving for other people. Critical thinking is a must, mm-hmm. yeah, but it's tiring. So for me, I just have kind of learned to just take those couple minutes to breathe it out and find something that I, that's, that, uh, that's happy. Or even if I, like you use anger. I, when I'm angry, I work great, what I do, because it just gives me that extra push that I need sometimes. Right. You know, I, I used to say I work best when my back's against the wall because we're out here producing these events for people, and, you know, it, it's, it's just, it just works. You get used to it. So there's, you ha- I have to find this time where I'm not back against the wall when it's not because mm-hmm. sometimes I'll try to create my back against the wall so I can get through something. Mm-hmm. So I just meditate. You know, and I can be anywhere I want within a couple of minutes, whether it's on the beach or it's on a motorcycle ride, mm. just sitting at my desk. Yeah. Yeah, I think for me, it's a, it's a, it's almost a little bit of the opposite, right? Like I'll get, like I, I'll find if I'm stuck, I need other people. Like I either need to, I'll either call James or I'll grab my wife and like talk it through, mm. or sometimes I want to like distract myself and go. Solve somebody else's problems. Yeah, well, and then that, that, that clears works. up space for me to <laughs> think course. about my own. Yeah, and it's yeah. like it's not one that you know. Sometimes it's one thing. No, I mean I I can relate to that. Yeah, I can definitely relate to that. So when I look at my seventy-two piece list of things to do, when I'm get stuck on something, I'm like, well, let me grab this low-hanging fruit real quick and call Shepard and get a yes sure. on this because yeah. when he says yes to this, it's going to make these other eight things I need to do flow better because that because I'm happy yeah. that I was actually able to to get something done versus kind of finding myself stuck yeah yeah I mean that's something I learned from my son like that you know when he was little he'd get stuck in this tantrum in this pattern and sometimes you just need to interrupt it somehow mm. you know get hand him some food or throw a ball or something to like stop the yeah. the path you're on right and create and, a distraction uh, and it took me a while to figure out like sometimes I gotta do that for myself too <laughs> right like you get in this you get in the flow right and, yeah and well you can always call bad. me if you need some distraction, because <laughs> you don't call me nearly enough. So, yeah. I like that. Yeah. My, my, my phone is open. Appreciate it. Yeah. Um, we were talking about, you know, your, your style and you, you've got this definitely, I think, a look emerging, especially with the portraiture. Mm-hmm. Um, so tell me about that, you know, the, I think, there's a lot of advantages to having a, a distinguishable style. Um, and then I also would assume that, you know, we, we've seen other artists throughout their careers, right? They get, they get into a style and then they move on to, you know, mm-hmm. Picasso's famous for his periods sure. or whatever, right? And, and so how do you, how conscious are you thinking about, you know, being in a phase or, or what the, what the style is or if it's evolving or or not yeah so in the beginning 
It's funny, I have a painting in my room, bedroom, an oil painting, and I couldn't even tell you who it's from, but the style of that painting it seems like a lot of little dabs of the mm -hmm. brush. And so when I started, I, I kind of liked that idea, and I was like, how can I kind of put that into my work? And that's where the, um, the palette knives came in and adding just color, and it doesn't mm -hmm. have to be like such a symmetrical dab like this certain painting I have in the room, but it, it kind of went there and, but I do think about like, is there an evolution? Like I'll think about people that, that have created a name. And obviously when you mention someone's name, you know, right away their style of sure. work and it's happened to have worked out very well for them, you know? And so I think, and then you have people like Picasso, which went all over the place right mm -hmm. went through different phases anyway sure. uh, major phases and s sometimes I think about it and I think well do I want to do do I want to switch it up but then I start thinking well I'm, I'm still relatively new to the game right. in terms of creating my name and creating my style and all that so I think for me it's I'm having a good time doing what I'm doing right now yeah just ride that wave and and um, I don't think so much in terms of changing my style around, but what I do think about is like, maybe I want to introduce some series at some point and okay. work on a series and whether that's the same style that I'm using now, um, or it's a little bit different, so be it. Um, but to be quite honest, I don't think I'm even at that stage yet. I'm, sure. I just enjoy going in. I could paint all day, every day year round right now it's just coming it's just flowing all these ideas well nice. i suggest you should you do yeah that means we have more work to sell yeah exactly i'm trying i'm trying not always easy with kids and of course sports and everything but of course um but yeah i think that i think i'll cross that bridge when i get to it yeah perhaps um um depending on how the artwork is doing and, and how well it's received you know yeah from once it starts pushing out of my community and getting more national and hopefully international, all that kind of stuff, you know. So, so let me ask you this: on that, to you know, to, on that point, do you like painting? Do you like commission work? Like, if somebody, well, maybe this is a bad question. What makes you feel better, painting something that somebody else wants you to paint, or something that just comes to your, to you? I mean, I always feel better painting something that just comes to me. I think that's like where the key to my creativity lies. Yeah. Um, but I've got no problems with commission work and because even if I'm painting something, um, for example, there was a very specific picture given to me for an upcoming mural that I got commissioned to do. And, but the person said, the client said, look, I want, I want to see your style in this in this picture though. I know mm -hmm. that you use, you know, these heavy um, palette strokes and all this kind of stuff. So to me, it's still a little bit of my yeah, regardless painting in there yeah. regardless, but definitely when I sit down and I think about, well, what do I want to put on the canvas? That's where I'm in my happiest place. Yeah. Free flowing. I'm, yeah. Cause I know creative. some of the artists I work with, you know, shit retina specifically, like when he makes his work, he loves to, it, it, he channels a message. Mm -hmm. And that's when he's happiest is when he's able to channel, channel his own message. Yeah. 
you know, he, we did a lot of work for other people, you know, like one guy, some, he, the, whatever, in Spanish, he proposed to his wife with some thing, and, and oh, wow. he was hesitant, and then he did it, and it was great, and he loved it afterwards, but it was that initial sure. push that it took to get over the hump, you know, a lot of artists have, have a hard time with that one. Yeah. I think what I like about Michael is that he's so talented, he can kind of do almost anything, you know, I mean, so, and like, we're, we have a thing coming up for a retail store. It's all abstract. It's all, mm -hmm. it's not, if you saw it in the store, you wouldn't know it was him. But it's still really good work. Yeah, do you ever do, do you ever do exercises like that? Do you ever like try to get, go do something totally different than? I've done a few. I've yeah. done some paintings like that. They're not, they're not on my website. Like, mm -hmm. I don't think they're representational of what I want to put out right, right now, but yeah. they're completely different styles. Yeah. And I've gotten really good feedback on them. Um, part of the struggle for me is, is, is just that, like, what do I want to put out and get recognized for sure. and start to build my brand on. And right. so even though, I, you know, it might be kind of fun to do some different things, um, I kind of limit myself a little bit. Mm -hmm. I guess what it comes down to is I have a little bit of fear about failure. I mean, I think that's natural, right? Everyone fears sure. failure, but failure brought on by my own trying to do too much at once, all at once. And, and, um, and maybe, maybe it could work that way. Maybe not. I don't know, but I do, I do. I see other, I see people's paintings and uh, completely different styles and it, I'll be honest, it kind of inspires me to try something different, especially when it's cool and sure. I really like it. Yeah. I'll go ahead and give it a shot. And some of the stuff comes out pretty good. Um, it's just, do I want to be, now that I'm getting busier and selling more work, do I want to be putting my resources into that kind of stuff? Right, of course. Um, yeah, I mean, you got to be careful about how you spend your time. Right? Yeah, because um, now the time is starting to get pretty full up. Sure. You know, I'm pretty busy yeah. every day now. Yeah, I think that's really interesting. I also think, you know, uh, you know, I've, I've seen, I've seen somewhere that, you know, one of the differences between pros and amateurs, and maybe it's a little bit of a sports analogy, right, is that pros practice. Like 90% of the time they yeah. practice versus, you know, when I go play tennis, I'm just playing tennis, right? Right. Um, and, and so I think there's something to the workouts mm -hmm. that maybe never see the light of day, but they're a way to either build, brush up on skills or, or just explore different, you know, cr like cross training, right? Yeah. And I think I do some of that yeah. with my work, my actual work. So, so to use your analogy, so I'm on the court playing tennis, mm -hmm. but I'm still working on the technique a little mm -hmm. bit and maybe sure. trying something new while I'm working on my piece. And I, yeah. I do that quite a bit. That's cool. Um, so I won't, I won't take a day and say, well, I'm going to do this kind of style today, right. and, you know, just to one, see if I could do it and two, you know, practice something else. Mm -hmm. um, I try to do it in smaller increments, I think, but I definitely do do that while I'm working on pieces. And that's cool. Um, you know, because I think it's important too the practice, you know, to go back to that same analogy, like the professional the practicing 99% of the time and then they're in a game right. situation yeah. to perform. Yeah. And that's where the practice pays off. Absolutely. And I think back to when I was doing 
you know, I play volleyball in high school and stuff like that. And my, it's funny, my 16 year old plays volleyball as well competitively mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. club and, and high school. And he's a kid that he's got to be pushed off the court to put time in to better himself to sure. do it. Mine and too. Because natural ability will only take you so far. That's right. When I was his age, I was up at 4.30 in the morning in the gym yeah. every day. Yeah. Like, I just put in that time off the court, you know. Yeah. And um, Yeah, talk about that. I, I read an article you guys talking about uh, work ethic. So where does that come from for you? And, and, and maybe more importantly, what do you do when, it's, uh, when, you, when you struggle with that? Like, how do, you, how do you get to work when you don't feel like <laughs> I, I I check my ego at the door, for okay. starters. Like... So when we first met and I worked on, on um, Love, Love Malibu Style up on no, PCH. have it on PCH. Um, that was, um, you know, I went there not expecting to put up any pieces of art. Mm-hmm. I was there because I was asked to shoot photography at the event. Oh, cool. And being a former um, photographer and still having some gear, I... I agreed to that because one it was a way for me to be involved with the event um and i felt i felt honored to be just a part in any way sure and then when i saw that they're they needed me to roll up the sleeves and go to work and do stuff like that i have tools i'm pretty handy and i'm like yeah this is i've got no problem with this kind of stuff so for me it's a lot of there's no you know i don't know i think eddie can agree with me there's no like prima donna with me I'm very humbled. I'm very humbled to be where I am. I'm very honored to have art sell. I mm-hmm. still get very excited when someone says, hey, I'd like to buy this piece of art or whatever. It just knocks my socks off every single time. Totally. Because I, you know, sometimes I just wake up pinching myself like, how did I get here? You know, cool. and in a, in a relatively short amount of time. Well, I yeah. mean, I can tell you that's how you got here. Yeah. That's how you got on this couch was your, your you know, I mean, I'm envious, you know, it's somebody that can just come into a situation the way that he did and does. Because you know me, I'm not necessarily like that. You know, I'm not rolling my sleeves up just on a whim, you know. I've seen you carry boxes. uh, Okay, I'm getting better at that. But, you know, generally speaking, over the 30 years I've been, you know, I mean, he just came and just rolled his sleeves up. It was like, you know, he took all the doors off. I mean, he just did stuff that I wouldn't even dream of doing for myself, much less for someone else. So I was like, okay, and then I saw the art, and he—that's the same thing with everything we do. You know, he's just open, and, and that that disposition is what carries nice. a lot of weight. Yeah. Yeah. I just charge forward because you never know where it's going to lead. Yeah. For that particular show, not only did I take doors off and do photography at the event, but it turned out there was some empty wall space, and Eddie said. Let's put your pieces there. Nice. Like, let's go. And he worked so <laughs> fluid, Josh, that he ended up painting a painting of a picture that he took of one of the people that was at the show because he just oh, saw wow. the photo and was like, I'm going to paint this painting. And I'm like, Where, why did you do that? He goes, I just liked the picture and I just painted the painting. Yeah. And I was do you like, use a lot of your own photography in, in, in your process? I, I use some of my son's. Mm-hmm. Uh, my 16-year-old is a is a pretty good photographer with film. Nice. <laughs> I really like his work, actually. That's cool. 
So he wants to be a doctor, but I keep pushing him. I say, you got, you, you've got the eye, you've got it, you've got talent. Do, do both. both. I do said, both. do both. Yeah, That's what I said. I said, it's good, it could be a good side also for you, you know. Sure. Just enter some stuff in shows or contests, see what happens. Doctors, every time I need an appointment, they're busy. So I, yeah. I think they, they, <laughs> That's what they're they doing. They got plenty of downtime. They got a side hustle doing exactly. something else, photography problems. Well, I mean, of, honestly, on, on that note, you know, with Artists for Trauma, we just did a show in San Diego and like five of the surgeons were artists and they oh, submitted cool. different, you know, some, one was a photographer, one oh, that's cool. had sculptures, one was a painter. And that was the whole focus of, well, part, most of the focus was patients and doctors that create, that make art. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, I dig you that know? kind of and, stuff. And, it, and it was, it was nice because they were excited, you know, they were, they were humble. Sure. Because it's their side thing. Yeah. You know, yeah. they're, they're, they're like saving people and rebuilding people's faces after, tra you know, tragic accidents. Yeah. But then, you know, really get in that, 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 that giggle off of a painting, you know, your That's reaction amazing. to a painting. That's really cool. Yeah, I like learning about, I like learning that someone does that kind of stuff that you had no clue because of their other professional life or whatever. And it's kind of fun. I mean, art is a great outlet for a lot of people, you know, not yeah. just artists. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. And especially for victims of trauma, right? I mean, it's a healing process. It's a healing process for someone like me. If I'm in a shitty mood mm -hmm. and I start painting, all of a sudden I'm in a better mood, you mm -hmm. know? I mean, there's a little bit of healing, I think, to art. And it doesn't have to be painting. It could be any kind of art, really. I mean, you could be making pottery or... Yeah, on both sides of that, though, looking at it and making it. Sure. You know? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So what Rafa at Indivisible Art says is that... Uh, Art is the language of the soul. Because mm -hmm. when you're making it, your soul's present. For sure. I like that. Yeah. So what do you got coming up? What are you excited about right now? Hmm. Besides just painting. So show-wise coming up, I know there's a show coming up with, with Roth in, in, in December, I believe. That's the South Bay Collective. Yeah in the South Bay Collective that I'm a part of, Indivisible Arts and the Resin Gallery oh, cool. in Hermosa. Yeah. Um, but I haven't gotten all the details on that yet. In the short term, there's been, there's a lot of potential stuff going on. Um, I know with the Solo Dome chair that um, there's potential for me painting one of those for clients. And so that would be very exciting for me to do that. Um, so just stuff aside from my everyday painting and yeah, producing so art. Let's talk about this chair. So this is uh, Solo this is Dome. Solo Dome. Mm -hmm. Surround sound stereo yep. chair. And yeah. someone can have you paint whatever they want. Is that? Yeah. Or I you think collaborate, collaborate with them? Eddie can speak more to that. Yeah, that's the idea. So basically they are, we put together about seven, eight artists so far. Risky painted the first one. Yeah. Um, and Michael's one of the artists that I chose to participate in the program. So you go to the website, you look at his work, you like it. You can have your kid on there. You can have, you can, or leave it up to him. It's up to you. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, the process will be he'll, he'll meet the owner and the person and they'll just talk through it and figure out where they go from there. Amazing. Yeah. And it's such a unique design and shape. For sure. It'd be kind of cool to paint on, honestly. You know, it's yeah, kind of a cool concept. It's kind of a cool thing. Yeah, that sounds something you'd love to have in your house. Yeah, for sounds sure. Amazing. There's That's also a, another um, 
now that I think about it, I just got word of uh, they're doing the murals again. Uh, resin, Indivisible Arch in the South Bay just got all the murals approved to take up all the rest of the empty spots for Hermosa. On Hernando? On Hernando. Oh, really? So I threw my hat in the ring on that. So I'll he didn't probably tell me that. I just got. I mean, he didn't tell me. Night. That's great. Oh, yeah. I've been, I've been trying to figure out who that was and how to yeah, do it since they, Jason fell off of the project. They finally figured it out and got, it's all going to resin and the collective. So nice. I threw my hat in the ring right away. So I'll probably be doing a mural down there cool. in Hermosa Beach pretty soon. You just painted a mural at the painting. Oh, cool. Yes. Nice. And he painted with all black caps. I'm like, oh, okay. do you want some caps? He's like, no, I'm good. I'll just use these. I'm like... <laughs> I went you know that there's thin school. and there's fat, like he's right. filling in and it's taking like, I'm yeah. like two swipes and he's like, no, I'm, I'm into this. I was right. like, all right. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And that was a fun day in the yard. Plastic God came out. Yeah, cool. It was cool. Uh, which yeah, I think is interesting that you guys have a relationship. It's because so, he's so not outgoing and no. you're so outgoing. I can't yeah. see you two hanging out as kids. <laughs> so, yeah, I, um, we were pretty good friends in high school, actually. And I think we had the common denominator was art. Yeah. Sure. And we were in art classes together and we'd hang out. We'd, we'd actually skateboard quite a bit together. We were skaters and then uh, taggers and doing all that kind of stuff. And then, mm -hmm. but we would sit and just do art for hours. And yeah, we, as people go, we are two, we're on two different sides of the coin. Big sure. Time. And and I kind of lost contact with, with them for many, many years after high school and all that, just being busy with my own family and, and doing stuff. And he went a whole different direction, you know. Uh, Your kids will do that, though. Oh, yeah. You're having kids time. at 18. I'm sure you lost contact with a lot of people. Yeah. Absolutely. Changed my whole life up, really. I bet. Um, altered a lot of plans, put a lot of things on hold. <laughs> yeah. You know, shit. It'll yeah, I guess. Um, for a great many years, you know. So. Sure. But recently we kind of, you know, Plastic God and I kind of reconnected and I just tell him about events, you know, I told him about um, PCH and yeah. Malibu and he showed up and showed up to that. He's, he's good like that. He kind of likes to support, you know, mm -hmm. in a way. Well, one thing that's coming up he doesn't even know about is uh, uh, he's going to paint the yard. Oh, and, is that, he? and I think you guys should paint the same day so you can do your thing the same day he does his yeah. thing. Not together, but... Right, That's make great. a day of it. Yep, I think that'd be a great idea. And I already have another idea for a much larger piece in the yard, so. Um. So how much are you guys thinking about, I mean, it sounds like a lot of the focus is on shows. Um, how much are you thinking about marketing and you know, what strategy, tactics, what, what, what you're doing for marketing together? I mean, I can tell you that there's so much going on out there. Mm -hmm. I, what I like about Michael is is the hyper focus to his community, yeah, and what he does and what he's doing, so that he can enjoy it. Yeah, but I do think you know if we have a retail opportunity that may open up, which will be in hundreds of stores. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think for someone like Michael, it's it's the opportunities are the marketing versus search. You know, just throwing stuff out there to see what happens. Sure, and I think you know we're in a better place than we've ever been for those kind of, for that because there's just so much opportunity um with the love brand stuff that we're doing i'm going to plan on including michael in all the love shows so we mm -hmm. got austin coming we got kansas city coming we got louisville coming 
you know, so he's going to go on the road, if not physically, at least with 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 Prince and potentially mm -hmm. originals. So there is some stuff in the works, but you know, being the fact that we're all grown ups here, you know, just throwing up on social media and seeing what happens is not the game plan for us. Yeah, I mean, I think you know. Yeah, not that you're lucky to be to get a piece, but you're lucky to get a piece. You know, it's not it's not for everybody. Yeah. Yeah, and I think you know it's a weird it's a weird time because. You know, I think it's tempting for people to feel like, oh, I got to be on TikTok, I got to be on Instagram, I got to mm -hmm. be, you know, dropping a YouTube every week or whatever, right? And and the reality is like. You know that may that may be the case if you're a 16 year old rapper, but not necessarily. You know, if that's you're right. To sell, yeah, hand painted chairs, exactly. And, you know, collectible artwork and right and and I think, but you know, I think there's sometimes this sort of for all of us, there's this pressure that we we just have to be everywhere all at once, and I think being able to to say no to things is really crucial. Well, the one, also another good thing, you know, one of the first conversations we had, I was like, you know, I used Andy Anha as an example. He makes a million dollars a year selling $700 paintings. Who? Andy Anha. Okay. $700 paintings. My, one of my favorite pieces in the house is his. But I, I definitely, you know, I think it's interesting that, you know, like you said, you, you're part of a community down in the South Bay, you know, focusing there doesn't mean that you're not also exploring other things right but no. but taking that seriously and um you know for me i always think of success as resonating out from a core mm -hmm. right and the the bigger the the bigger that circle gets the bigger you know the core one point gets, it spans yeah. the whole globe but yeah. but you're better off focused on that core than trying to spread yourself to 20 different things. Well, we've been together three months, and yeah. he's got a cover of a mag coming out. Nice. This uh, next month, we did Aware Now magazine. We're here. Oh. We're here with you. So we definitely are. He's definitely, you know, open. Yeah. But I think it's just doing, making the right choices, and not, you know, the t it's not a TikTok thing. Yeah. If if people love some of his work and you utilize that for that, I think you know maybe sure. there's something there for that. Um, and we should think about that, but I think, you know, we're good. We well, I think we there's a difference between responding to what other people do, right? Yeah, if a bunch of TikTokers started sharing your work and that became a thing. We'd be stoked. That's then, different. Then that yeah. becomes, then you go, okay, well, now let's put some energy Now let's there, think right? about that. Yeah. As opposed to chasing it. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's my, you know, I always hate to see people chasing stuff because it, it, it doesn't work. Yeah, trying to force it. Yeah. So I'll tell you, I'll tell you something about me and him. We're he lovers. Already, he already knows that. He already knows we were lovers. No, I'm just kidding. Um, nothing that there's nothing wrong with that. If we were, like, we're not right, saying right. that. I'm just saying we're just being funny. Just putting that out there. Um, so we used to work together, and I'd always be in my office, critical thinking about biz dev and what all these great plans I'd have. Yeah. And I'd walk all the way down to the executive side of the office. Right? It was next. It was the next. We were, all yeah. Literally, yeah. we were literally next door to each other. He's not and I'd run in his office with the best idea. 
There's no staircase. I don't know if I should tell him this because then he's. He, but I'd run down. This is a long time ago. I'd walk in his office with the best idea, right? I'd skip. I'd skip the four or five steps, right? Yeah, I got an idea. <laughs> get in his office. I'd run the idea down, and he would just chop that idea up and send me back moping. <laughs> I thought I had a million dollar idea, and Josh's like, "What about this? What about this? What about this? Wow. What about that?" That sounds like a lot of work, Eddie, for the return. And I was like, <sighs> "So, you, tell me what you learned from that, and I'm, I'm going to tell you what I learned from that." Well, I learned a couple things. One, think about shit a little more before you run to Josh's office. That was the one thing I definitely learned. So I stopped running. I was trying to be. I was almost there every other day, and it became once a week. And some of those things actually stuck, right? But I just learned how to. It's critical thinking. I learned a lot of my critical thinking from 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 being in meetings, watching him work, and looking at how someone else breaks down my my idea or what I you know my concept. You know, it really helped me kind of kind of start breaking things down differently. You know, because I look at it through at that time I'm looking at it through my lens, thinking my lens is the best lens. So my lens is this big. Yeah. Josh's is like this big. It's a really special talent that he has to be able to look at it from all perspectives at the same time. I can do that, but it takes me a good 30 minutes to get around the table. And Josh could just like hit, go yeah. around the table and come back with one general consensus in his, in his own head. Mm. What'd you learn? So what I've learned since then, I've done a lot of coaching, a lot of work on myself and all that. And what I've learned is that is not to shut people down is to now you learn yeah we probably lost a couple million dollars man probably <laughs> more than that right is that uh I, I worked with a coach one time whose motto was always build people's confidence mm. right and so and, and you know and what i've learned for myself is that the path to great ideas goes through a lot of bad ideas mm. right and so i and and, and, and again i'm it's the same for me, for everybody, right? I need to get the bad, I need to get the bad ideas out of the way mm-hmm. in order to get to the good ones. And without the bad ones, I can't get to the good ones. Yeah. For right. me anyway. Interesting. Right? And so, um, so if we were having those conversations today, I think my process would be a lot well, more encouraging and a lot more building on top of even, together. Even, even if you were paying my salary? Yeah, of course. Okay. Because that's what we're paying for is yeah, to, get right. to, the, to get to, to get the good to that part. Yeah. How, I mean, we did some cool things together, but, but we also, there's a lot of cool shit that we weren't able to do because yeah. we didn't get there. I wish some and, of those cool things we did together we wouldn't have done and did some of those other things because we thought they were the coolest thing in the world. Exactly. And, they pay, and we got paid. But, you know. Exactly. And so who knows what we missed out on. Yeah. Because we, you know, because... We didn't know some of the things we know today about maybe how to get the best out of yeah. ourselves and other people. Right. So that's what I've learned. Let me do a, a little quick lightning round before I let you guys uh, get back to real life. Um, what's your favorite city to travel to? New Orleans. Oh, I love it. I love it. That's uh, the best. Yeah. <laughs> Nashville's a close second. I've, never, I've still New never Orleans. been to Nashville. Louisville's going to be his, the next time we ask, it'll be Louisville. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. probably. Okay. Um, <laughs> I know you said you're into some EDM, so uh, do you have a favorite DJ? Mm. I really like my son. Okay. What's his, what's his, uh, what's his DJ? He goes, he goes by the, the, the name Odo Kage. Okay. Odo Kage, Sound Shadow in Japanese. Nice. But um, aside from that, um, I like Lick. 
Okay. Um, stuff like that along those lines, I guess. What about best live show you've, you've ever seen? Wow. Um, I've seen a lot of good ones, yeah. a lot of great ones. Best live show. There's, there's two that come really close. Um, one was Moby. Mm. I thought with, with the LA Philharmonic actually. Oh, cool. That was a cool, just, yeah. Um, it was just really cool to see them together. The other one was actually, um, sting with the London Philharmonic. I don't know what it is about that, okay. that sort of, you know, sure. Composition, like but I, like I really like those shows. That one I saw at Hollywood bowl. That was an amazing show. It's nice. one of my favorite venues anyway. So yeah, both great awesome. concerts. Rolling Stones recently was a great concert too. Good live show. But I think on a, like to be really involved on a personal level with music that I really love. Um, both those shows, Moby and, and Sting were great shows. Nice. Really, really great. Those, those, yeah, those all sound amazing. Um, what's the last great book you've read or listened to? Um, wow. I'm not a big reader. Okay. But, shit. I... <laughs> Next. Next, let's see. Well, I can tell you the last, the last book I read, it's kind of weird. I like um, different stuff, but I think it was like, um, there was this Navy SEAL book. Dick Marchinko okay. put out this book. Um, I'm sure he took a lot of liberties in it. It was pretty wild, but it's like his firsthand account of um, his time in the SEALs and coming up with this group that... Um, kidnaps diplomats and stuff just to test their security and all that oh wow and that so, sounds fun yeah it does yeah i've read a couple of navy seal books I yeah i couldn't put it down good stories it was, it was an interesting book yeah that was pretty good i forget the exact name of it that's cool what movie do you think you've seen the most in your life <laughs> wow i'm a movie i love watching movies over and over again uh -huh. but probably the one i've seen the most It'd have to be Big Trouble in Little China. Oh, no way. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, that's a good movie. Um, who's somebody that you've never met, but you've learned a lot from? Hmm. <sighs> never met, but learned a lot. Um, well, I mean, not to be cliche or weird, but Andy Warhol would be one that I'd, you know, watching his life story and, and kind of learning more about the guy because I never really knew anything about him other than, oh, it's Warhol, it's a sure. Campbell soup, right? I mean, you know, totally famous dude, kind of a super eccentric, weird dude. And, but once I, once I figured out, like, his life story, there was some learning Mm -hmm. done in there yeah um both kind of some some deep-seated stuff and then just superficial stuff that i just never knew that you learn and you figure out oh okay and this is a little bit different part of the process that i can maybe at one point kind of put into my own process sure. so did you watch that new documentary yeah yeah and i thought it was very interesting yeah um, it was a trip so it was i think i think there was something to be learned from that a little bit on someone that i've never met yeah you know? absolutely um, that was true. I don't know if you saw it, but they, they used AI to have him narrate. Did not see that. So it was, it was you know, it was not, 
not literally his words, but his voice was narrating. Yeah, yeah I haven't. The whole thing it was a trip. Yeah, it was a trip for sure. Um, last one, if, if I worked for you, if I was on Team Michael, uh, what's something I would hear you say over and over? Um, <laughs> probably, um, I talk a lot when I'm painting. I talk to myself a lot. Oh, I don't yeah. know. I heard smart people do that. I don't know if it's true or not. But what do you say? I um there's a lot of like ooh, I'd like that or or what the fuck was that? Yeah. <laughs> sure. <laughs> it goes on both sides of that coin like That's funny. What I, what were you thinking with that? I got a lightning round question. Yeah. Biggie or Tupac? Um Tupac. All right. Okay, interesting. Nice. You got another one of those? No. Okay. I like that one. Mm-mm. Well, actually, I do. No, I don't. No, I don't. No, 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 no. Man, thanks for doing this. Super fun Absolutely. talking with you. We'll be watching your career and Thank you so much. excited to see what you guys come up with next. Um, how should everybody find you? online and so I'm uh, website michaelkirst.com just my name.com and then uh, Instagram is really the only social I do at this point cool uh, michaelkirst underscore art is my Instagram and you can also you can all, yeah you can also find him on sugarpressart.com yep and he's got a print available and all everything that's available for sale is also in the shop in the Gorilla One shop mm-hmm. amazing good stuff man yeah great can't Thanks wait so to see much. I appreciate your time. Right on. Yo, that was Michael Kirst on Rebel Radio with Gorilla One. I hope you enjoyed it. I know I did. Make sure you check out Gorilla One for all the great stuff they're doing in the art world. Uh, Check out Michael's work online and go buy a piece. And most importantly, come back next week for more Rebel Radio. Peace.